Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. The LSU win over Texas is a couple days old now as Monday hits. Ed Ogeron was at the podium to recap the win over Texas and also look ahead to Northwestern State. I'm Billy Embody. With me is Shay Dixon, just fresh back from Austin. He survived the weekend uh, and he came back with a, a huge 45-38 LSU win over the number nine ranked Longhorns. Uh, Shay, how was uh, your trip to Austin? I survived, as you said, most important part. I will add that I uh, I survived not only 6th Street, uh, but anyone who's been to Austin or really any big city recently uh, knows that scooters are all the rage. Uh, I rode one to the game, got all the way to the game, realized that media will call was not at the football stadium. It was actually at the baseball stadium, which is across that interstate. So rode the scooter back there, back to the game, uh, still managed to make it in with about 30 minutes or so to spare, uh, but I survived. And all I do is uh, like make fun of the people who get on those scooters because they always crash, and I did not. I didn't even see any crashes this weekend, so uh, impressive showing for me, I think. Before we even get to LSU, I had won the day before I even got to the stadium. Yeah, those scooters things, I, I terrible idea. I can't do them. I really just, it, especially on a busy road, maybe like, a lot of people like Austin probably had. I can do it kind of like maybe a Saturday morning going, maybe go grab a little coffee or something like that. I can't do them on a game day. No, this was a full-on backpack with like computer and everything in the back of it, rolling through everybody else there. Like I'm dead sober and everyone has obviously been tailgating and drinking all day. Packed everywhere. It was not it was not beautiful time to ride a scooter. It was more like I'm taking this so I can get there as quickly as possible because an Uber would have been all day. And I'm not walking anywhere. We were we were worried about you, but you chimed in on the text that you I made, made it. it, and uh, kickoff happened from there. We were treated to just an incredible college football game. If that, if that is part one of LSU Texas, part two next year in Baton Rouge, going to be a ton of fun. LSU does come out with the forty five thirty eight win. A second half shootout ensued, ensued. Joe Burrow sets the all time record for passing yards as a quarterback in 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 Texas. Uh, at at Austin, um, just an absolute incredible offensive performance from LSU. They outlast Texas's late push. Yeah, I guess kind of some of my final thoughts from the weekend would be a. It's very evident. Like we don't need to debate anymore if LSU's offense is changing. I mean, they showed it in Week One. Okay, great. That was Georgia Southern. But what what about when your back's against the wall? Like the Texas game answered so many questions. Like. Are you going to still run this offense when you're in a tight game? Yes. Uh, Ed Orgeron said, you know, on that game-winning drive, do you want to go to a four-minute drill? Steve Insminger said, no, let's, we're throwing it. Keep going, keep going. Uh, you had had a tweet uh, on the scoring drive before that. Uh, they cut to Insminger and Joe Brady, and Joe Brady said they can't effing stop us right now. Uh, and they couldn't. I mean, they were just throwing it down. I mean, the seven of the final eight possessions they scored on, whether it was the touchdowns or a pair of field goals, um, so super impressed by the offense. It's very clear uh, that they're here to stay. Edwards Elair averaged nearly six yards a carry. Um, he had a good game. We know that they'll get these other backs involved. The the younger guys, Emery, Tyrion Davis Price, uh, Chris Curry, uh, all those guys will get involved maybe over this next month with some uh, not so stiff competition, especially a place like playing in Austin on the road. Um, I thought Cade York was phenomenal. I just can't believe that. You can go from having Cole Tracy 
and then you replace him with a kid who's never kicked in a college game as a freshman, and he's been lights out. And look, I know that people want to say, okay, well, the defense really you know sucked or whatever. And I was rewatching the game, and it surprised me that even with eight minutes left in the third quarter, Texas still had seven points. So this basically last quarter and a half is where things went wrong. Uh, Orgeron kind of chimed in on that a little bit on Monday with um, some different things that they had viewed of, of what had kind of happened, uh, of why things went wrong in terms of not getting enough pressure, giving up some uh, some plays to guys in space, not tackling, uh, which was a long touchdown for Duvernay. Um, but I think that they get that cleaned up. Like I'm not overly worried about uh, LSU's defense. I think that Ellinger and them are better than we thought. The receivers are better than we probably gave them credit for going in. And it was a hot, long day. And by that, like I said, they had seven points midway through the third quarter. That's when LSU's guys started dropping like flies. I mean, it was one after the other cramping up. So they'll figure all that out. Um, I think that when you they've got a full squad out there. And two, I'm not. this isn't making excuses for the defense. I'm just trying to paint some sort of positive out of this is that when your offense is driving for two minutes, two minutes, 26 seconds, two minutes, two minutes, whether you're scoring or punting and they were scoring, uh, you're leaving the defense out there for a good amount of – I mean, you're not letting the defense sit on the bench for a long amount of time. And then also when you're up and you're scoring nonstop, now the other team's trying to score nonstop and they're going fast and trying to keep the tempo up. So not shocked at all that um, LSU kind of got on their heels a little bit on defense on the back end. Yeah, I, when we talked Sunday, uh, that was – we, we decided that that was one of the best quarterbacks that LSU is going to face really all season in, in Sam Ellinger. Just an outstanding performance. And um, look, I mean, it's okay to give them credit where credit's due. They were able to move the ball up and down the field in the latter half of that, that game. And um, they put a lot of pressure on LSU's defense with their matchups and, and the routes they called. And, and um, I thought LSU got caught with some different players uh, that they probably would have wanted back on certain guys but that's just kind of the nature of today's college football and and Sam is uh, like I said one of the best quarterbacks in the country and he's in the Heisman race Joe Burrow now squarely in the Heisman race after his performance and and first two games of the season so uh, look this is a this is a game that um, LSU's glad they got done and over with there's a lot of talk and noise around it um, from pregame to postgame all of those things. Uh, this is a game now where they can, you know, kind of move on to a, a portion of the schedule that is a little bit more favorable in terms of matchups. But overall, I think this team showed its veteran nature uh, and how, you know, Burrow and the offense just said, you know, what, we're going to keep scoring. The defense, they, you know, didn't have their best final few minutes of that ball game by any means. But um, that throw on third and seventeen is is going to go down in the books. I mean, it's one of the best throws and probably, you know, recent memory for LSU. And it, it's, it was just a historic night for LSU. Yeah, I mean, from how the O-line, too, because Burrow gave them a shout-out after the game. Let's be real. Deculus has made big strides. Like, a year ago, he caught so much flack. It's clear he's better than he was a year ago. Sadiq Charles played really well at the left tackle spot. You know Cushenberry's an anchor. anchor. Damian Lewis has become more than just a run blocker for you. They're still figuring some things out at left guard. Like, I can certainly see that, and, and I think everybody understands that. But, boy, those guys buckled in. Edward Zeller had a great block on that third and 17 uh, where he took out the linebacker kind of at the last second, and Burroughs stepped kind of into that last little open spot in the pocket and delivered that throw. And 
a great play. I mean, Burrow's just a gamer. The bigger the stage seems to be, the better he plays. Certainly um, at the back end of last season when he got comfortable, and, and now we're seeing it carry over for sure. But I'll also give a shout-out to these receivers because a year ago the storyline so often was, man, LSU really could have won that game you know, by a wider margin, I should say, or they could have had a better offensive showing had they caught the ball. They were dropping everything last year, and that is, I mean, it was all night. There wasn't, you could say Jamar Chase got, and, and okay, Jamar Chase got two hands on that one ball in the corner of the end zone. He didn't come down with it, and we kind of twisted around to catch it, but you wouldn't knock him because he was unbelievable on Saturday night, and Jefferson and Marshall and Thad Moss plucks one off the ground, and these guys are just making plays, and, and they're going to continue to put it in their hands if they know that they can trust them. And after two, week, it's two weeks, it's very evident you can trust this passing game, whether it's in a tight game or to start the game or in the fourth quarter on the last drive or third and forever. Um, they're not afraid to go back there and throw it. Yeah, and, and look, I mean, as, as we put the final button on this game, I think uh, we mentioned the defensive line dropping like flies. Ed Ogeron did update things on Monday where they stand. He said they're pretty healthy for the most part. Glenn Logan, Richard Lawrence are two that uh, probably, if I'm a betting man on Monday sitting here, they're not going to play against Northwestern State. Um, Caleb on Chasson in a boot on Monday and is going to you know, be questionable, Ed Ogeron said. Wouldn't shock me if he sat out. Um, but what it did and what those injuries did uh, and you know, kind of to the detriment of, of LSU was allowed uh, Marcel Brooks, former five-star prospect, to get his first action of the year. And then Justin Thomas and Neil Farrell, two guys uh, that have been kind of waiting their turn to see some late action. And Ed Ogeron said, we're going to see more of them now. Yeah, I think people are going to be excited about uh, the Marcel Brooks comment. And and look, I'll say this first. Farrell's played really well to start the season. It's clear that you're going to be able to get some starting you know reps out of him as he continues to get older. Uh, and some of these older guys move out of the program. But it's good to get Farrell out there more. I think that him playing a good bit against uh, against Northwestern State this weekend will be key. Same for Justin Thomas. He hasn't had nearly the reps Farrell's had uh, since they both came into the program out of Alabama at the same time. But he looked serviceable um, when they put him out there. Uh, but I know people are going to be most excited to hear about Marcel Brooks because he's only in his first year with the program. He didn't play at all in week one. Then they put him out there in week two in some spots, and um, he what he had a huge hit uh, and play on Sam Ellinger uh, at the back half, back end of that game. Uh, it was you saw what made him a five star. That speed, by far, and look, you put on his high school film, and he was playing kick returner, punt returner, wide receiver, tight end, fullback, quarterback, you know everything, let alone defense. And he gets here, and everyone says, okay, is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? It's clear they kind of like him in a Jacoby Stevens, you know, Grant Delpit type of role. But uh, when Orgeron said that Chason may not play this weekend, he said he could, but do they need him to? Maybe not. No. So if he's not playing, he said, watch for Marcel Brooks. And uh, I think that that's something to be excited about because beyond all these older guys we know, Billy, and we're starting to know Derek Stingley, who we did a rundown. We don't necessarily have him on here to write about, but he's a, I mean, he's a freak. He's a freak. And People saw it last game. You saw it some on the punt returns in the first game. But he, they would, they, they quit throwing to Colin Johnson. They had to try to pick on an All-American all game yeah. because they didn't want to throw at Stingley anymore. And Emory and Cade York, and we're talking about all these younger guys. I think Brooks is going to be one of those guys we talk about nonstop. It just might be in a year or two. But it's going to be fun to at least watch him get out there and, and run around a bit against a team like Northwestern State. 
Yeah, and I'll echo Justin Thomas, most, most athletic defensive lineman they have probably on this roster. Ed Ogeron said it. Uh, but Marcel Brooks, uh, that play on Ellinger, that Orgeron reference that you talked about, uh, reminded me of him in the All-American Bowl in, in San Antonio where he solidified his fifth star. He he really showed out and led the game in tackles and was unbelievable. That was the flash that we saw all week during practices. That was the flash we saw all that entire game. And uh, it's just a sign of what's to come. I think he's perfect at outside linebacker. He'll put on weight, um, but he's going to get a chance to shine. And, and that's a good thing because you need one, two, three of maybe guys that you would think are a year away to play on special teams to get spot duty as they start to navigate this SEC schedule and all of those things to really make a difference. Yeah, I think there's, I mean, no matter kind of what we review, um, LSU fans are going to see it in a positive light. They're going to want to see the defense get better. Um, there are fans on our board calling for Aranda's head. I think they'll be fine. He's paid a lot of money for a reason. He's a smart guy. Uh, they'll figure that defense out and what their scheme wants to be and, and kind of how they use the pieces they have. But to go and get that top 10 win on the road in that environment, I think gives this team a ton of confidence going forward, especially when they knew starting the season in week two, we have a serious kind of test, road bump, whatever you want to say. There's We have to get over this hurdle in week two. Now that they did and played like they did, especially on offense, obviously, I think that they feel this sort of Maybe if they weren't confident before, I know that they were, but I think they feel a real reason to be confident now that they've put these two games together. They feel good about what this team has moving forward. Yeah, you could tell they were a confident bunch drinking from uh, Texas's water bottles during the pregame. That was an uh, all-time move by Caleb Von Chasson. Uh, not the first time he's had you know, probably some of Texas's water or food or what have you in Austin uh, on his official visit, but he went back for more Saturday night against the Longhorns. LSU comes out on top 45-38. Uh, in an absolute classic. Um, We'll be right back on the Go 24-7 podcast with the battle off the field. How did the recruits like the the game from the Tigers? And also, LSU might be getting an addition uh, back that it's very familiar with. Uh, That news broke shortly before the game as well with uh, some confidence on Ed Ingram. Uh, We'll talk more about that after the break. And uh, stick with us on the Go 24-7 podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Go 24-7 podcast. Quick reminder before we get back into things. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button, please. And by the way... uh, 
We're going to get this podcast out pretty quickly, so you'll have a few more hours to do it. But take advantage of our 50% off subscription sale on uh, annual subscriptions. Celebrating the win over uh, the Longhorns, giving you guys quite the deal to jump on Go 24-7. So check that out uh, and give us a shot. We're going to jump right into some recruiting impact off of this win. And and I think um, when we looked at this game heading into it, I think most were kind of thinking, okay, all right, LSU's defense is going to play well enough to win. The offense is going to make enough plays. LSU's just a little bit more talented. They're going to come out with the win. Spread was just just under a touchdown, and it ends up being this Big 12-type finish, crazy wild finish uh, with high-scoring game and things like that. And I think that made an even bigger impact than we really realized just kind of thinking that LSU would win to begin with. Yeah, I think so many people asked not long after the game and, and leading into the game what this would do for recruiting. And um, I said even on Matt Moscone's show, uh, well, Matt Moscone and T-Bob do the game day show for LSU. And uh, I said that I don't think recruits ever choose a school based off of a game. And I still don't believe that. But I sort of had underplayed what this win would mean because I didn't realize, obviously, how it would play out. And the offense playing the way they did, having the win on the road. Uh, Billy, you caught up with, gosh, probably more than 20 guys already uh, that are recruits, the bulk of them being guys from offense. A lot of the committed guys on defense chimed in. But I think people want to hear what the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, uh, targets have to say. And it was one after the another, you know, amazing. And, and you, you have a bunch of the quotes in front. We'll read some to you, and you can check out the full piece at Go 24-7. But I think what it sums it up best maybe, and I'll touch on this more after you kind of hear some of the quotes, but that these kids in recruiting have been told all offseason that the LSU offense is changing and this is what's going to happen. We're going to spread it out. Everyone's going to get involved. Um, You know, we're going to put up big numbers. Joe Burrow, we're going to throw up 40, 50, 60 a game on the scoreboard. And LSU fans have heard that for so long that it was almost, you know, it's okay, sure, brush it right off. You know, believe it when I see it, and now they do. But for recruits, I think – they had bought in. Many of them committed. I mean, LSU has 22 guys committed, and now a lot of these guys and underclassmen as well are saying, okay, I had heard this from LSU, but now to see it kind of completely sells me uh, on what they're trying to put together. Yeah, so one, we have a full story up right now from Garrett Nussmeyer, the four-star quarterback from Flower Mound, Texas, uh, probably right there among the top quarterbacks on LSU's board in the 2021 class. You can check out also a full breakdown on the 2021 quarterback recruiting on go 24 seven right now. But he, he said that was unbelievable, extremely appealing. They were lightning it, lighting it up, uh, something I would want to play in. And then you kind of go down the list though, of some of these skill guys and athletes like Sage Ryan, uh, totally different look. I like the spread look. Then you go to the number one wide receiver in Louisiana, Chris Hilton, love the way they spread the ball around good team win. Love the routes is what he said. And then here's one that really stood out to me because LSU just hosted him at the end of July when the dead period ended. Five-star athlete out of Washington, Emeka Egbuka, who's really somebody that even before he picked up his LSU off, was really high on, on LSU. I think they have a little bit of work to do to get him back. You know, the long way to go in, its 20, in his recruitment with him being a 2021. But he said, glad they won. But here's the thing. They got the ball to their weapons, and I saw what Coach Brady brought from the Saints. Really big for me to see. Hopefully, 
He is able to stay for a long time and be able to mold the offense into a high-powered air raid machine. Is that something you'd ever think you'd hear out of a recruit's mouth? I didn't really laugh too hard there, but, but had anyone said that more than two games ago, I would have laughed onto the floor and said, damn, LSU's doing a good job of recruiting these kids if that's what these kids are saying. But two games in... A couple back-to-back Joe Burrow SEC Offensive Player of the Week honors speaks to the kind of games he's had. Fourteen different players catch a pass in Week One. Three different guys go over 100 yards in Week Two, and now you've got five stars calling LSU a soon-to-be air raid offense. And obviously, we know that's not coming exactly, but boy, how quickly—and it doesn't seem quickly—but at least the narrative changed from a year ago when. As the season went on, and definitely towards the back end of the season, we saw more of Insminger and Burrow and kind of what they could do together. But you threw in this Joe Brady wrinkle uh, and let him install uh, all these new concepts and this tempo RPO kind of spread attack with a senior quarterback and this kind of talent at receiver is this is the result you get. You get a big road win like that and you get recruits saying, uh, hold up, LSU is nothing uh, like I used to think it was. And it's a benefit because I don't. I watch from the press box. Obviously, we watch the games from the press box. So I don't. I'm not listening to Chris Blair. I'm not listening to the TV call. And so often, you guys who are at home and are watching TV or listening to the radio kind of hear so much through the game that we don't. Um, but rewatching it, Herb Street was just in awe, and he just at the back end of the game was just praising LSU. Look, I've never seen this. Is it? This is the LSU we've all been waiting on. And recruits are sitting at home watching that broadcast, and they're hearing Kirk Herb Street say. This is a different LSU than ever before. Put him into the top four at the end top of the game. Two. At the end of the game, he debated if they should be the number one team in the country right now. Uh, I guess just in terms of who's playing the best across the first two weeks. But that kind of stuff never happened before for LSU. It would always be more of a knock on what the offense wasn't doing. So to see this, uh, like you said, very clear. You can go read the piece that Billy has up on Go Twenty Four Seven. But offense, defense, all of these kids had something to pl- had something to say about how the offense looked. Yeah, one final recruit we'll, we'll touch on here who I think will probably end up being the number one running back in Texas. He's an LSU legacy. He was in Austin for the game. Um, and actually, I take that back. We'll do two. Latrell Neville, four-star wide receiver who's from New Orleans, said, look, those routes put you in position to catch the ball in space and make something happen. It's very big that they won, considering the fact that both of those teams are top teams for me. And then, like I was saying before, LJ Johnson who I think ends up being the number one running back in Texas. He's an LSU legacy. He goes, I really liked how LSU utilized their running backs, running, blocking, and in the passing game. And I, all offseason, we had heard you know, Alvin Kamara, Clyde Edwards, Elair. He does a little bit of everything, and they got him the ball in space and in different situations, and that's promising for a guy like that to see. Yeah, I think this is even when you're a running back in – LSU, you know, before LSU's running it, you know, 40 times a game or, you know, whatever it is, the guys are averaging 180 yards a game and running backs, sure, they love that, but they also like it when, you know, they're getting their 15, 20 touches a game, but getting it to do it in a variety of ways, catching the football, helping out uh, in pass, you know, in pass pro, doing different things that um, a running back can do to stay on the field. Uh, And I think that they like the idea that they're getting involved uh, in sort of every aspect of your offense and, and certainly still toting the rock look. They threw the ball all game, sure, but they went to Clyde Edwards-Elair in some key situations, uh, whether it's for a late touchdown, some first down runs he had early in the game. Uh, they were riding him. So, yes, it's good. You want these guys for next year, especially at running back, 
uh, because you're going to need to have another good class at running back in a year after you get Emory and Davis Price this year um, to go ahead and see some positive things out of this offense in a year when you know you're going to be throwing it a lot and you kind of don't have that kind of Fournette out there who, you know, it can kind of carry your running back storyline for you. And it's not a knock on Edwards Elair. I just don't think that they're going to ask him to do uh, that kind of uh, logging of, of the, or kind of carrying of the football um, and logging of the stat sheet. So yeah, I think all around, it seemed everybody that you talked to in here was nothing but impressed with what LSU's done so far. And Shay, uh, now we'll transition to maybe, you know, a, a really big addition that could be coming back soon for LSU kind of all still up in the air but while you were in the air Sonny uh got news that look things are looking up for Ed Ingram to return word is that the charges are soon to be dropped on on his case in Texas and that could clear the way for him to return after gosh over a year now being suspended right we um the buzz is out there Orchard commented on it uh, on Monday obviously he can't go into too many specifics but word is is like you said that Ed Ingram's case is going to be um, kind of in the rearview mirror for him. And Orgeron said, look, basically said, I can't say anything for a matter of fact right now, but I will tell you it looks very promising. Uh, And everything we heard appears to be uh, that he's going to come back. He hasn't been practicing, but he hasn't ever stopped working out. You know, he's there uh, putting in the work, staying in shape, uh, certainly has, you know, stayed in the playbook and uh, knew at least that when – the time came for a decision to be made on his on you know where things stood with his his legal status. Uh, that if it was the green light, that LSU would need him, and uh, I think that he could be an answer right at left guard. If you still feel you have left guard issues, you've got a guy in Ed Ingram, like you said, he's been out for more than a year, but he came here as a true freshman, was stealing snaps right away, and was one of their better offensive linemen. So yes, he hasn't played in a while. Sure, he'll probably have some rust, but. If you can even get him back in a month and start playing him again after this kind of little less tough schedule, I guess not as, as kind of uh, high-level opponents these next four weeks with a bye week mixed in there, but you get him back in a month, you play Florida. If you can have him for that game and move into SEC play with him, that's a complete difference maker. I mean, that's one of your starting 11, and it's the position that you may be having the most trouble with at the moment. And you can say, okay, we'll, give, we'll get you – a former starter back in the lineup, that would be massive for LSU. Yeah, no question. I think you said it best there. Just getting a guy that's uh, played as many games as he had on, has on the offensive line, somebody that's physical, some somebody that uh, you know just seems like he's uh, kind of similar to how Caleb on Chasson was when he was sitting out with his ACL. Anywhere the team is, you can kind of see Ed Ingram in the background and and you can tell he's stuck around and like you said he's been working out and doing all those things we see pictures from time to time with him getting work in with the guys when he's able to but uh you can tell he stayed locked in yeah no doubt and we knew too that once like i said once his legal status was done that the suspension would be lifted and ed orgeron hasn't even hinted that oh we'll we'll have to see about him come back no it's once all that is cleared up he's back on the team obviously and he didn't say that but it's understood and now like i said if if that's the position out of 11 on offense that you feel you might be most suspect at right now, to bring a guy like Ingram back, is it, you can't understate its value. Right, you are. And uh, with that, we're going to close out this episode of the Go 24-7 podcast. We'll have more coverage, uh, really, of uh, recruit reaction, full stories, things like that uh, for you guys on the site going this week. Uh, we'll also have full coverage leading up to LSU's non-conference game against Northwestern State. 
and Shay, we'll be doing this uh, our late game pod here just in in under two weeks from Nashville. We're waiting on that game time. We're we're trying to figure out now if we're going to be doing it around midnight before we head back out to Broadway, or uh, what with the sun still shining uh, in Nashville. But I'm starting to get amped uh, looking ahead to the SEC opener. No doubt. Um, and boy, Austin's a great city. It was a blast being there. Uh, Nashville, right up there. It can offer just as much fun. Uh, LSU fans are going to travel well for that one. Georgia went up there a couple weeks ago and toured the stadium. You know, they had the stadium more than half filled. That'll be what LSU will do. So uh, I expect an LSU takeover in Tennessee for sure. Uh, obviously, we still have a couple weeks to get there, but it will be nice to start some SEC play. And like I said, after that game, what, you get a bye in Utah State, and then you're into Florida and into the big boys, the whole schedule, the meat of your schedule. Uh, LSU should be undefeated going into that stretch. We'll we'll talk more about the future schedule on the the next podcast. Actually, we have another podcast coming where we take a look ahead at even early what some college football bowl implications, playoff you know chances, SEC title chances could be. Because uh, yes, it's never too soon to talk about it. And Billy, I think that we've seen from this team that they are legitimately one of the five, six best teams in the country. No doubt. We'll talk more about that on the next edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. We will announce some plans uh, for Nashville in a couple weeks where we're going to be just once we figure out uh, how that uh, game time works out and all those things. So with that, guys, hope you guys enjoyed this edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, and subscribe to Go247.com. Thanks for listening and have a great week.